Father, we love you and we thank you for this morning. And we thank you that we can stand here today and declare that you are waymaker. You are miracle worker. Father, I pray for those that are here this morning that maybe have just stepped into this place and, and they don't feel like you're working. And God, we know, just as the song said, God, even when we don't feel it, even when we don't see it, we know that you're always at work. God, let us be a people who are always aware of your presence and your spirit at work in our lives. God, we pray that you'd continue to work in us this morning as we hear your word. God, have your way in us. We love you and we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. That is who you are. I was uh, reading an article this week, and the article was written by a scientist. And he was showing pictures of the world, of the earth. From first picture was from the perspective of earth. And of course, they sent out the, the uh, satellite or the Hubble tel telescope, whatever that is up there. And they showed a picture of the world from the, uh, the moon. It was quite spectacular, of course. Then the next picture goes a little further out and says, this is what the earth looks like from Mars. And then it goes further out and says, this is what the earth looks like from Saturn and Jupiter. And even further out, this is what the earth looks like. And this is what the earth looks like from so many light years from our solar system. And of course, from the moon, you can see how beautiful the world is. And then of course, further out, it gets definitely smaller and smaller and smaller. And before long, it was just showing an arrow to the galaxy. Now, the scientists were saying, look how insignificant we are and how small we are and how we are just like, we're not even like a little speck of sand in relationship with the universe. And as I'm reading that article, I don't think about how insignificant things are I think about how significant God is. And when I'm looking at that, I'm thinking, Mr. Scientist, how can you miss that? How can you not believe? How, how can you be looking at these beautiful pictures and not believe that God made all this? And, and I, I just rejoiced. And I went, man, what a difference belief makes. Belief opens up our eyes. Belief opens up our heart. Belief opens up our mind. Belief helps us to see what others can't see. And knowing who God is, knowing what God are, what the song just said, this is who you are. And as we sang that this morning, we are testifying to God that we believe, that we trust, that we know that He is all those things. He's the way maker. He's the, he's the miracle worker. He's Almighty God. That's what we do when we read the red and pray for the power. If you hadn't been here in a while, we've been talking about reading the red and praying for the power. And reading the red and praying for the power uh, became a possibility for me 40 years ago. And as I shared with you, I was driving out in a country road in West Texas, and, and I was in the middle of the morning, uh, early morning, 1 or 2 a.m., and I'm going back to Angelo, and I'm trying to to stay awake and so I've got that old dial radio on my car and I'm trying to get that dial just in the right place where I can hear the signal and and I and, and there's no music and stuff like that and most likely an eight track tape had probably gotten 
uh, unspin in my eight-track player probably, and so I couldn't listen to the good music there. And so I'm trying to find that that station or some music so I can stay awake. And and I was moving the dial, and, and I I just heard a voice. I heard a sound, and and I would go over a hill, and it would come in a little better. And it took didn't take very long. I began to discover that it's a preacher. And he is wound up, he is passionate, he's excited. And, and I pictured this old country preacher somewhere, in a country church someone, and most likely they've got that, that radio station going, you know, and he's got that microphone in front of him and he's worked up a sweat. And if he said once, he said it a hundred times, a hundred and fifty times. He said over and over and over, what we need to do, church, what we need to do is read the red and pray for the power. Now I'm hearing read the red and pray for the power, but I don't understand what it's saying. Read the red. How do you read the red? Reading the red? You read what you already read? You read what you already reading? How does that work? And I'm trying to make it out. And it took me a while before I really understood what he was saying. Read the red and pray for the power. What could that possibly mean? That it dawned on me. He's talking about the red words of Jesus. And when we read the red words and pray for the power, how great God is, how wonderful it is that we have a Savior, how wonderful it is that Jesus is the Messiah, that's where we need to be. That's how our, that's how our spiritual tuner lines up so that it can receive the radio tra- uh, frequency. That's how it lines up so that we can really understand who God is and what He's done and what He's doing and what He's going to do. We need to read the red and we need to pray for the power. The power to believe. The power to understand. The power to experience. The power to know. The power to live beyond ourselves because we are a little speck in this great universe but God fulfills the universe. God's glory fulfills, just just fills the whole universe. He's big. And so we've got to read the red and pray for the power so that we can understand how great God is and the gift that we have through His Son Jesus. So Mark chapter 9, we're going to read the red and we're going to pray for the power. So today's story is from Mark chapter 9, Verses 14 through 29. When they returned to the other disciples, the they here is Peter, James, and John, and Jesus. Peter, James, and John, and Jesus has been, uh, they've been away from the rest of the disciples, and Jesus takes his inner group, his inner core, uh, and he takes them up, and they experience the transfiguration. And, and Jesus shows them. They hear the voice of the Father, and, and they see that, that, uh, Jesus is just transfigured between Elijah and Moses and it's such a wonderful experience. Just a wonderful experience for them. And so when they returned to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd surrounding them. And some teachers of religious law were arguing with them. When the crowd saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with awe and they ran to greet him. What is all this arguing about? The first red words of this story. What is all this arguing about, Jesus asked. One of the men in the crowd spoke up and said, Teacher, I brought my son so you could heal him. He is possessed by an evil spirit that won't let him talk. And whenever this spirit seizes him, it throws him violently to the ground. 
Then he foams at the mouth and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast out the evil spirit, but they couldn't do it. Jesus said to them, You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. So those are the second red words of Jesus. So they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into a violent convulsion, and he fell to the ground, and he's, he's just foaming at the mouth. The third red word of Jesus. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, Since he was a little boy, the Spirit often throws him to the fire or into water, trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and help us if you can. What do you mean if I can, Jesus asked. Anything is possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help me overcome my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that make this boy unable to hear and speak, I command you to come out of this child and never enter him again. Then the spirit screamed and threw the boy into another violent convulsion and left him. The boy appeared to be dead. A murmur ran through the crowd as people said, He's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and helped him to his feet, and he stood up. Afterward, when Jesus was alone in the house with the disciples, they asked him, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer, and some of the manuscripts add and fasting. This kind. So they're dealing with a strong demon. They're dealing with a devil that has great power and can only be released by intense prayer. And that's what Jesus says, and fasting. Okay. So what can we learn from this? What can, what can we apply to this? What of these red words do we need to be exposed to to help us adjust our attitude, to help us adjust our perspective as we read the red and we pray for the power. The first thing is, Jesus says, what are y'all arguing about here? He walks up and obviously it's an argument. Now the argument is, is taking place between the disciples that were there and the scribes, the religious people of the day. What are y'all arguing about? What's going on here? And the man spoke up and he said, well, my son is in a real pickle here. He's in a bad way. He's possessed by an evil spirit. And, and this spirit seizes him and, and it just throws him around the ground. It's violent and it, it's just it's destroying my son's life and our life. It's just more than we can deal with. Obviously, this dad is, is desperate. He's looking for some answers to help his son who is plagued by this possession of, of the demon in his son. What is all this arguing about? Now, what do we learn from that? What do we need to pray for? Well, are we cynical? Are we religious in mindset? Are we more concerned with making a point 
than experiencing the Lord? Are we more conditioned to what is right from our perspective and what is wrong from our perspective than Jesus doing what Jesus can do? Are we more concerned with arguing? And I think to that list you can, you can add complaining, cynical, uh, bitter, uh, frustrated, rather than believing. Are we arguing about things rather than believing? So they have a problem. The problem is they lack the power to release this demon from this child. And they find themselves in an argument. So what is your mindset? What is your position? What is your worldview? What is your perspective about things? Do you get caught up with religious arguments rather than believing? Do you get caught up in, in, in theological positions rather than praying with belief? And what a difference this could make in our life if we understand that we are to pray for the power not to argue. We are to pray for the power not to uh, get caught up in, in the struggle of people's opinions and just go beyond that and, and, and through faith and belief and trust and prayer, we are beyond that. What a difference that would make in our life. I mean, it really doesn't matter what we think. It really doesn't matter what our opinions are. It doesn't really matter uh, what we believe about certain things if we're not believing in Jesus. It doesn't matter what you think. It doesn't matter your opinion about why something happened and why something didn't happen. It doesn't matter. There's no power in blaming there's, there's no power in defending ourselves here. And that's what you know is going on. The scribes, they're taking that stick and they're sticking the bear. You know, they're making fun of things. They're saying, oh, you disciples, you prayed around, you follow this Messiah and, and you can't even help this man with his son. And of course, the disciples took offense to that and they began to argue the position and this is taking place. And, and so there's, there's just a pickle going on here. And Jesus walks up with Peter, James, and John and says, what are you arguing about? And when Jesus hears what they're arguing about, we see that second red word of Jesus. You faithless people. Now who are the faithless people? Well, I think there are four different characters in the story that can be labeled as part of this faithless generation or this faithless people. First of all, you've got the disciples. And he may definitely be speaking to the disciples. The disciples who weren't able to just latch on to the power of God and believe him for the release of this boy. And he speaks to them. He also most likely is speaking to the scribes, the religious people. He's saying to the scribes here, you faithless people. The scribes were just concerned with their position. They were just concerned with their religion. They were just concerned with no one coming along and, and, and turning over their world. And, and this one being the Messiah, this one claiming to be the Son of God, this one forgiving people of sin, this one who's come and is healing people, we just can't have that. He's going to take away our place, our, our position in the community. He's going, to, he's going to disrupt things at the synagogue, at the temple. We can't have that. We just can't have too much of Jesus here. 
You ever experienced that in a church family? We just can't have too much Jesus here because people get carried away and people will get beyond themselves, right? We just can't have too much Jesus. We've got to subdue this faith. We've got to subdue this expectation of God that works miracles. And so they're, they're in between a rock and a hard place with this Jesus because they can't go where Jesus is taking people because they're going to have to give away themselves. They're going to have to admit that maybe they don't understand everything. They're going to have to admit that maybe they're wrong. I remember a long time ago a guy was sharing with me that he was really uncomfortable with some of the preaching that I'd been doing. And I said, why are you uncomfortable with this? He says, well, because that has not been my experience. And so it's wrong well, but, but that's not how I think. That's not how I, how, how I view things. That's not the Jesus that I understand. The Jesus that I understand is more about rules and morality and, and people being decent people, but this getting all caught up with everybody praying and everybody believing and everybody expecting God to do something beyond this, that's not been my experience. And so I said, so since that hasn't been your experience, you don't want to go there? And his answer was, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want my kids exposed to that. I don't want my family to think that there's more than this. I just want them to be decent, respectable people, and that's my understanding of God. And, and you're, just, you're, you're going beyond what I've experienced, and it's making me very, very uncomfortable. We should always be uncomfortable. We should always be believing beyond what we've ever experienced. And that's what you've got going on here. You faithless people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. I think we ought to pray that we're not part of the faithless generation. I think we need to pray for the power the, that we need to pray for the supernatural moving of God in our lives, that when He looks at us, we are not faithless, we are faithful people. We're the believing people. What are you going to do about this problem? Well, I'm not really sure what I'm going to do, but I know for one thing that I'm going to do, I'm going to trust and believe God. I'm going to move forward believing God. What are we going to do about the world situation today? Man, I don't really know, but one thing I do know is I'm going to pray and trust God and believe Him and keep moving forward. That's what I'm going to do. What do we do with this virus? What do we do with the fact that we're here today wearing masks and, and, and there's such upheaval in our world with the, the race issues and the political issues? I don't know how to fix any of that stuff right here now, but what I do know I'm going to do is I'm going to believe God and I'm going to trust Him and I'm going to keep moving forward and, and I'm just going to move forward when I don't know the step to take trusting and believing in God because I know one thing for sure, I don't want God to label me as part of the faithless generation. I want to be one of the faithful. I want to be the ones that God looks down and says, there's a believing man. He may not understand everything. He may not know how to make to take the next steps. He may not have an understanding of what's taking place, but he's believing and he's moving forward. Because let's face it, as we read the Scripture, isn't that where the power is? 
Isn't that where the experiences are? Isn't that where the miracle happens? Isn't that where the unexplained is? When God's people believe and move forward in belief. Not having all the answers, not having all the understanding, not being able to give a, you know, a real in-depth uh, theory or, or manifesto about how things ought to be, just believing Jesus, believing God, believing in His power, resting in His power, and moving forward, not being one of the faithless people, not finding ourselves always arguing about how things are not or how things ought to be. The truth is, the body of Christ should be ashamed of itself if it spent more time this past week arguing about political things rather than sharing the good news about Jesus. Because politics can't fix things, but the Gospel is where the power is. It's where the answers are. Change of heart is what's got to happen. And we're the people with the keys to the change of heart. So when you find yourself at work or at school here in a couple of weeks, you find yourself in your community, you find yourself you know, uh, hearing people complaining and arguing about how things are, you be the one that says, I don't know about all that, but what I do know is Jesus Christ died on the cross to pay the price of all our sins, and He rose from the grave and be part of the believing generation. So you can pray for that. So they, they bring the boy to Jesus. And when the evil spirit saw Jesus, he threw that child all around. He threw him into a convulsion. And he fell on the ground. And he foams at the mouth. And he's just gyrating there on the ground. When, when that evil demon when, when saw Jesus, it just went into a... a you know, uh, uh, I don't know what the word to say. Uh, he just went, he was beyond himself. He just went, oh, oh my gosh, it's Jesus. He was a trapped dog. One thing you don't want to do is trap an animal if you can't hold on to him securely. That dog will come get you. Jesus says, how long has this been happening? The father says, since he was a little boy. The spirit often throws him into the fire or in the water trying to kill him. I've told you a story about the man they had chained to a bed in Cambodia. And the reason why they had him chained to the bed because he, they didn't want that man in their village to hurt us. And that man poured acid all over himself. Still happens today. And they said, have mercy on us and help us if you can. Oh, the, the dad... If you can help us, please do. Jesus answered, What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, Anything is possible if a person believes. You need to memorize that one right there. It's an easy one to re re memorize. Very simply, What do you mean if I can? Jesus asked, Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. Do you hear that? Does that soak in? Does that move beyond the experience? Does that move beyond your comfort zone? Does that move beyond your belief presently? Hopefully it does. Jesus said, what do you mean if I can? 
anything is possible if a person believes. Let that soak in just a minute. Anything is possible if a person believes. So if you believe, anything is possible. Now, that's something we need to hang on to. That's something we need to, to pray about. That's, a, that's a, definitely an adjustment everyone needs to make all the time. When you find yourself slipping into unbelief, when you find yourself slipping that there's no hope, when you find yourself slipping, there's no possibility of a miracle, of a change, of an adjustment out there, of God showing Himself. Jesus said, the red words of Jesus said, anything is possible if a person believes. So what do we need to do about problems? Believe. Believe. Walk forward in belief. Now, there's some benefits from this perspective. Let's, let's consider some of the benefits for just a moment. First of all, healthier. We're just healthier. We're healthier in the mind. We're healthier in the heart. We're healthier in relationships. We're, we're healthier in a pandemic. We're, we're healthier. If anything is possible, the person believes. You don't got to be whipped by fear. Anything is possible if someone believes. You don't got to be whipped by bitterness. Anything is possible if someone believes. Things, because Jesus is Jesus at the right hand of God, the Holy Spirit's here in this world, and God the Father is on His throne, there's always a possibility. And so it's a healthier mindset. It, it, it's a healthier worldview. It's a healthier perspective. Optimism is definitely part of that. True faith and belief in God creates an optimism about things. There's less stress with this. If it is true that anything is possible for anyone that believes, there's less stress. There's less anxiety. There's less worry. I mean, really, if we are replacing worry with anything is possible with God, we don't really have enough time to worry anymore because we're too busy believing and looking for the things that only God can do. It creates an enthusiasm. Enthusiasm in God, which is really the foundation of the Word. Enthusiasm. I'm in God, so all things are possible with God. It makes us pleasant to be around. Did you know that? We're more pleasant to be around if we understand, if we're living out, all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. There's a value that we begin to see of expectancy. Expectancy. That's how we ought to go to church. Expectant. The Lord just might show up and do something today. The Lord just might show up and reveal something that we've never experienced. I'm ready today, Lord. Take me beyond anything I've ever experienced. I want to see what you can do, God. I want to see the unexplained. I want to see the supernatural. I want to see things that, that people label us as nutso. Because when the God moves, every unbeliever says that's nutso. That's bizarre. That's crazy. That doesn't add up. One thing that's really fun to do is go through the Bible and ask yourself, 
How would that person fit in to my world? How would Elijah fit in with our world? We would say he's crazy. We would say Elijah's crazy. Elijah, his mood swings, his ups and downs. We would, we would just go, oh man, what a, what a nutcase. What about John the Baptist coming out of the desert wearing camel clothes, eating honey and locusts? You know, locusts ain't too bad. Crickets are pretty good. You fry them up with some salt. What do you want? What do you want? Eat. Bring me some honey and locusts. Go over here to the bistro this afternoon for lunch and say, what do y'all want? Honey and locusts. Go out and catch some and fry them up for me. What are we going to say? Ah, that John the Baptist fella. He's weird. He's strange. You see, if we're part of faith and we're part of belief, look, people are going to think we're strange. They're going to think we're off. They're going to think we need counseling. If we live by faith and we live differently than the norms of this society, they're going to say they're bizarre right here now as I'm talking about this. As just as I'm talking about read the red words and pray for the power, they're going, he's getting on a tangent again. He's losing his focus. He's losing balance. He's losing perspective. Absolutely. Hopefully. Paul, he doesn't pastor here. Peter, he makes you mad. Can you imagine if Peter tweeted? Can you imagine what it would have been like if Peter had a Twitter account? Can you imagine what that had been like? Holy cow! Oh, he tweeted again. Oh, I don't know what we're going to do with our pastor. You know, the Apostle Peter's our pastor. And he tweeted again. Oh my goodness. Can't we just have a few months without controversy, Peter? Can't we just rest? Can't we just not see anything like that for a while? Can't we just do life? And of course the response is, I'm reading the red and praying for the power. We don't have time to just do life. We don't have time to just do what unbelievers think is okay. We're believing, trusting, experiencing more of God than we experienced before. And let me tell you something else beyond the expectancy of what God might do. It's just fun. It's fun. There's nothing more fun than to walk in a room with the idea, the mindset, let's see what the Lord's going to do here. That's fun. There's nothing more fun than having the group of believers show up and say, let's see what the Lord's going to do here. Let's see what God does. Let's see how He shows up. It, it would be fun. It would be a lot more funner at church if when we all came to church, we had that expect, expectancy going. It's at an all-time high. And we come together and we said, I can't wait to see what the Lord's going to do today. Let's see what He's going to do. Let's see how He's going to do it. We have a problem. It's more fun to go, well, Lord, you got a problem. Let's see how you're going to handle this. 
I'm going to pray. I'm going to trust you. I'm going to walk down that road. I don't know how you're going to fix this problem, God, but it's going to be a lot of fun waiting for you to do what only you can do. You see, it's a great thing. It's a wonderful thing. It's where we ought to be that we live with this understanding. Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. Do you, Lee, do you believe that so-and-so might get healed? Anything is possible if a person believes. They might get healed. But what if they don't? Then they're going to get healed in heaven. Maybe the miracle is the testimony of them being faithful in the illness. We're going to see what God does. When you pray for people to be healed, when you pray for a miracle to happen, you pray in God's will. Lord, if it's your will, heal this person. But nevertheless, we're going to sit here and watch. Either the testimony is going to come through the healing or the testimony is going to come through the fact there wasn't healing. There wasn't healing. But there was faithfulness to the testimony. There was faithfulness. They experienced God's power all the way through. It's fun. It's better. Believing all things are possible is better than any other way to live. It ought to be our, our, our battle cry. If you believe all things are possible, pray for that. If you're not there, pray that you get there. Pray that you live with that understanding. Pray that that's how you face life. All things are possible if a person believes. The father instantly cried out, I do believe, but help my unbelief. When Jesus saw the crowd of onlookers was growing, he rebuked the evil spirit. Listen, you spirit that makes this boy unable to hear and speak, he said, I command you, come on out of him and never enter him again. Man, the power of the Lord. I command you. Pray for a belief in and awareness of the power of God to do things that you can't define and explain. How did Jesus do that? How did this happen? How did this evil spirit just be commanded out of this guy? I don't know, but I'm for it. I want that. I want that experience. I want to see the Lord do these things. And then we see at the end when he gets alone with the disciples in, in their house. The disciples are despondent, of course, and said, Why couldn't we cast out that evil spirit? And Jesus replied, This kind can be cast out only by prayer and fasting. We'll include it. Because fasting is taught, definitely important. You see, what Jesus is saying there is belief or power is connected with belief, belief in prayer, prayer and fasting. Power is connected with that. And so we pray, Lord, for the power. Pray for the ability to see those answered prayers. Pray for the ability that we would have to trust God to that point that He honors our belief. Now, there's some words in black here that are really important for us to understand. And I must admit, in, in, in my spiritual walk, in my understanding of Jesus and God, I'm so thankful that verse 24 is in the Bible. I'm so thankful. Verse 24. Now, 
responding to raising the bar that high. Anything is possible a person believes. This dad responded with this, I do believe, but help my unbelief. I do believe, but help my unbelief. Now, all of us have experienced that. It's okay to experience that. It's not a lack of faith to say, I do believe, but help my unbelief. You're faced with a problem, a challenge. It's overwhelming. It's bigger than you, right? Perhaps the problem, the challenge, is, is one that devastates. Maybe it's going to be more than you can deal with. It's, it's a problem you can't handle. You see, it's not true that God puts, doesn't put on us more than we can handle. That's about temptation from 1 Corinthians, not problems in life. It very well may be that this week your world is turned upside down and you are faced with a problem that's bigger than any problem you've ever faced and it's beyond you. How do you respond? Well, Jesus said all things are possible if you believe. So you go to the Lord and say, Lord, I believe. I believe. I believe you are the one. I believe you are great. I believe you're the way maker. I believe you're the miracle worker. I believe that you pave seas as highways. I believe that you park the Red Sea. I believe, God, from my experience, I believe that you save, you forgive. I believe. However, I'm struggling right here now. Help my unbelief. Jesus honored that. Jesus didn't label him as faithless with this. He didn't say to the dad, there you go, unbelieving again, I'm not going to heal your son. That didn't happen. When this dad spoke to Jesus, he says, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief. Jesus honored that. And so as you're walking through life, as I'm walking through life, that's how we need to walk through life. I believe. I believe. However, I'm being honest, Jesus. You need to help me with my unbelief with this issue, with this matter, with this challenge, right? With this condition, with this circumstance, with, with this issue in my life. I believe, but help my unbelief. If we would come to Him with that kind of honesty, with that kind of gun-wrenching, laying it all out there before Jesus and said, Jesus, I believe, but help my unbelief, we'll experience the things of the Lord. We will grow stronger. Our faith will deepen. Our awareness, our expectancy will grow. Our hunger for the things of Jesus will, will grow in us. And, and, and our understanding of life will change. It'll change. We won't be the same person. We don't have the same time to be that we don't have the time to be the same person because we're too busy looking to see where God is going to show up. Because our heart is, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Helps you sleep at night. Help you face problems. Helps you get up and face the day. You may be thinking here lately, all we do is day after day a groundhog day. Another groundhog day. Same thing over and over and over. Every morning we wake up the sun in chair saying, I got you, babe. I got you, babe. 
Some of y'all seen that movie. I believe, but Lord, help my unbelief. So, are you arguing all the time instead of believing? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief, Lord. Are you concerned that you're faithless more than faithful? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Are you not quite sure if you have that mindset, that position of your heart? Anything is possible if a person believes. Anything is possible if a person believes. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Do you believe Jesus does things like that now? Yep, I do. Do you believe that God still does miracles? Yes, I believe it. Do you believe that God's going to work this miracle? Well, I believe that Lord help my unbelief for that one. Hadn't seen that one yet. Lord, I pray you're working that. And I'm going to pray. I'm going to be devoted as if all things are possible for them that believe. So get out your scripture every day. Read the red words. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read you some red words. Read the red words. Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Lord, I believe that all things are possible for those that believe. I believe anything is possible for those who believe. But Lord, help my unbelief. See what the Lord's going to do. Show up at the next family gathering. Fun in mind and heart. I'm going to get to see what the Lord's about to do. Let's see what the Lord's about to do. Lord, help us. Help us to grow in our belief, our trust. I pray, Lord, that your, your words will just penetrate us and we will believe. We will trust. We will walk in your spirit today. In Jesus' name, amen.